Will the world end on July 27th? And just when you thought conspiracy theories couldn't get any dumber, we delve into Jewish swim lessons today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. Hope you guys are having a great day. I am. You know what's funny? I was listening back to the previous episode, the English travel one, and I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I found all this stuff, and I realized that, like, unless you knew about the English travel conspiracy theory mystery before it, you're like, what is this lunatic talking about? Why is he so happy about this? But I know the, you know, the fan base of the show is kind of split, and it's crazy to think there's a fan base, but the fan base of the show is kind of split in two. They're the people who are really into collecting information on wacky conspiracy theories, and there are other people who just like hearing the occasional odd story, and I hope that kind of played into both of those. But again, I definitely had a lot of fun researching that. So we do have a couple good stories for you tonight. One story I think is going to be entertaining just because of how frustrated I was once I found out exactly what I was looking into. Actually, you know, it's funny. I think both of these stories kind of frustrate me on on different levels, on different levels. I don't like end-of-the-world prophecies. I think they can be fairly dangerous to people who aren't of a level mind. And that's the blood moon thing. And then the Jewish... The Jewish swim lessons, when we get into that, that's just, that's enough. That's enough of that. It's interesting, too. So, you know, I on this podcast, we talk about conspiracy. It seems to be mostly conspiracy stuff. Secondly, some paranormal stuff. Cover a little bit of true crime. And I do think those things kind of intersect. Another subject that I like to talk about, we haven't talked about much on the show, is weird science. is like high science, like kind of the cutting edge of things. I really like that topic. Killer robots. You know, nanobots. I was watching a video today about something called graphene. It's supposedly this super light yet super durable material. And I was like, okay, I've never heard of that before. That's really good. You know, the thing, though, that I come across a lot is transhumanism. So transhumanism is the evolution of mankind. The next stage is not going to be a biological evolution, but it is going to be a technical evolution. You know, so we're going to have things like uh, bionic eyes, uh, robotic legs. I don't know if necessarily exoskeletons count. That might be like a bridge, but you know, it's kind of like a Johnny Mnemonic thing where you have like a chip in your brain, you plug a port, you have like a port on your neck and then you stick a cable in there and you can, you know, download the internet in like a minute into your brain. Which sounds like a nightmare. Like, honestly, I don't want all that information in my brain. The one thing, it's funny, they always talk about these transhumanism things, like, to reach the next level of ascension, we put this little chip in your brain, and it will allow you to, you know, maximize the use of your brain or whatever nonsense, or, you know, they can do this, you know, electronic hearing. You know what I want more than anything that no one's ever talked about? I I want a robotic butthole. That that would sell me on transhumanism. You tell me you want to put a chip in my brain. I'm thinking, well, what about the privacy implications? Is it something that can be hacked into? Does it send out some sort of signal? Is it a tracking signal? You tell me, hey, Jason, I'm going to put a valve where your butthole used to be. So whenever you have any, like, problems going to the bathroom, like... You were, you know, you got the flu or you having just, just general issues... You, there's like a release valve. It's like a bionic a bionic butthole. And because it gets sore. It gets sore when you have diarrhea. And like you don't want to, you're like, not, not, I don't want to say you don't want to wipe. You obviously have to wipe, but it gets sore. And then you got to get those soft baby wipes, you know, the medicated ones sometimes. 
it would totally prevent hemorrhoids. It would totally prevent a lot of issues with IBS, I think. You might need to have, like, a robotic intestine for that. But, it, yeah, and it's just like a little valve. And, and, you could hold it forever. You're like, oh, man, I really need to go to the bathroom, but we're, like, 50 miles away in the woods because we went to Ong's Hat and got lost. Oh, I don't have to worry about it. I have a release valve that'll just stay locked. And then, eventually, you find a bathroom, and you just hit a button, and it all comes out. And there's no, like, pressure, nothing. That's what needs to be done. You know, and that's the thing. A lot of times with high science, there's a lot of like hoity-toity stuff. They always want to, especially transhumanism, they kind of blend the quasi-mystical with the technology and talk about like, this is the next evolution. No, man, just give me a robotic butthole and call it A. I'm totally fine with that. Totally fine with that. You get the key, you know, I'm on that keto. And one of the side effects when you started off, because I went off of it, uh, because I had to go to a party and, you know, I wanted to enjoy myself. But one of those, one of the side effects when you first started is what they call keto flu. So you have a bit of diarrhea and it hurts, man. It hurts after, you know, like having diarrhea for the third time in a day. You're like, oh man, I was sitting on the toilet the other day and I was thinking, I wish that I just had like a little button I could press and it just came out. So work on that, transhumans. I think you'll win over a lot of people if you could make it more mundane. No one wants a chip in their head except for a bunch of nerds. Nobody wants that. So we're coming up to the to the red moon. Uh, blood moon, blood moon, not red moon. We're coming up to the, the blood moon. So whether it is, it's a lunar eclipse where this... I don't have to explain a lunar eclipse to you. But anyway, so... The moon is turning red. So this was a big deal back in 2014 when they were going to have four blood moons. They had one in April 15th, one on October 8th, and then April 4th to 2015 and September 28th to 2015. And people are saying this is going to be the, the... This is how they always get away with it. The headlines always say the end of the world, the end of the world. And when you talk to the prophets... I'm doing air quotes, and you can't see that because I'm on a podcast. But the, when you talk to the prophets, they go, oh, no, no, no. This is the start of the end times. This is just the beginning. So nothing will change. You will notice exactly nothing. There will be no difference from today versus tomorrow because it's just starting. That's all they, always how they get around this. Because if you, you know, when you have people who go, nope, the rapture is taking place this day and the next day passes and there's no rapture, then you have egg on your face or egg gliss on your face, but, or sack on your face. Sorry if you didn't get those references. Those are all from the last episode. I shouldn't assume everyone listens to every episode. But you say, oh, no, 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 it's just the start. So anyways, these, um, this prophecy, this a bunch of prophets came out back in 2014, 2015, saying that this was the start of the end of the world. There was a book written called Four Blood Moons explaining the whole thing by, I think, a minister named Haggy, Hagee. And he... It was a bestseller. People were spending this, spending their hard-earned money buying this stupid book, making him a millionaire. And then nothing happened. But again, it's just the start. And now we're back to this again because we're having a, another blood moon. And again, this is another sign that the world is ending. So now this is a different minister. His name's Paul Begley. Begley. And again, he's saying July 27th is not the end of the world, but it is a sign of the end times because you are already in the end times. Well, then if we're already in the end times, why do we need a sign? The blood moon is a natural event. It looks scary. And I know in the Bible, it says that the sun will go as black as sackcloth and the moon will turn blood red. And that's part of the prophecy. And it's listed a couple different times. Here, here's the thing. 
those are really vague prophecies for a reason. Because you're not supposed to know when the end of the world is coming. Two, a lot of the prophecies had to do had to do do. A lot of the prophecies had to do with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. The the Bible itself is the Old Testament is a religious history of the Jewish people, and it is a cornerstone of their faith. They don't call it the Bible, but the Torah. Then the New Testament is basically the sequel where Jesus shows up and says, I forget all the old rules. Just follow me. I'll get you into heaven. You guys are cool. Let's let's do this. Now, Jesus also talked a lot about the end, the end times. And a lot of people misconstrue that because he talks about the end times are going to happen in his generation. And honestly, I was confused by that because I thought, wait a second, Jesus saying the end time is going to happen in his generation. I'm obviously not in his generation. But again, when I, the more I looked into that, it's in reference to the basically end times of the Jewish people and the destruction of the temple and all of these things. So a lot of these events pointed towards historical things that were well, historical to us. It was the future to them. The reason why this stuff is dangerous is because people, not you guys, I get that the people who listen to this podcast, I think I have a very uh, smart audience and the reason why you've stuck with the show is because I'm not telling you, I'll tell you which ones I think are true, which conspiracies I think are true, but I don't, I'm not going to present the Titanic conspiracy. Actually, no, I did think that one was true. I'm not going to present all these conspiracy theories to you and say, oh no, you got to believe this, you got to believe that. I think you guys are fairly smart. And I think that as you listen to the show, you, you kind of know the angle of it. If it's debunkable, it gets debunked, no matter how interesting the story is. But there's a lot of people out there who aren't like you. The majority of people aren't like you. Where these things terrify them. Terrify them. These prophecies can be life-ruining. To us, it's a funny story. Oh, those crazy nutbags thinking the world's going to end. So there was that, that minister, Harold Camping, who years ago was trying to tell people. He believed that on May 21st, 2011, so we're talking way far back, really, he believed that the rapture was going to happen. And people were freaking out about this. One man spent $150,000 of his money buying billboards, telling people to repent. And you may think, well, that guy's an idiot. And he is. But that's the problem, is that he was an idiot with $150,000. And he wasted it on the... Not saying that trying to convert people to your religion is a waste, but trying to tell people it's the end of the world and it not not happening... It's just foolish. Now, him spending his money is really the least of our worries. You have incidents like this when people are selling these into the world things. It terrifies people. I remember listening to Coast to Coast AM back before 2012. I think I actually had downloaded some of the podcasts or some of the recordings they had after the event. And George Norrie was taking phone calls. And he was getting calls from people being like, oh, yeah, me and my buddies are out here. We're having a good time. We're just going to drink and see if the Mayan gods show up to stomp us all. And, and George Norrie would be like, well, you know, have fun. And he'd get and call. Oh, I don't believe in any of this stuff, but it sure is fun to hear about it. And George Norrie's like, oh, that's great. Someone else called up and said, you know what? Since this is the last night of life, I'm going to start doing heroin. <laughs> I'm going to shoot up a bunch of heroin because what's the point? And I've always been curious about it. George Norrie's like, eh, don't, that's not a good course of action to do. Oh, you know, I'm not, I don't know, I probably won't do it. And it could have been a troll call, but it could have actually been a legit thing. You think the world's going to end and you've always been curious about heroin, why not? 
Another caller said that he was feeling so close to the universe because he knew the universe was going to end and he could feel space and time bending as the world was about to be destroyed by the Mayan gods, that he felt himself drawn to his roof where he was then going to fly away. And you, at this point, George Norrie's getting a little panicked because basically what the guy is telling him is that he is going to accidentally commit suicide. And he's like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Whatever, you know, George Norrie, uh, he gets a lot of crazy people on his show. And he always, the one thing I like about Coast to Coast is that he's generally very, like, open. He kind of lets people say what they want to say and doesn't question them too much. He, he'll he ask questions, but he doesn't question their beliefs too much. But you could tell at this point, he was like, no, I have to do something. Like, this guy might actually jump off of a building. So... You, how many people killed themselves in the run-up to 2012 because they were scared? There was a, a small increase. There's like 2,000 extra suicides in the year of 2012 than there was the year before. I think there was the year before, I think it was like 38,000. I l had looked it up earlier, and I think in 2012 it was 40,000. So, you know, that's just the United States. And, and, you know, people at one point, the government of, I believe it was Mexico, had to block off access to a mountain because they got wind that a cult was going to go up there and kill themselves on December 21st, the day that the world was supposed to end. So these, these things, yes, they sell books and they're clickbait, but they can really cause damage. They can really cause damage. And that's why I hate stories like this. I hate stories like this. No, the world is not going to end on July 27th. No, the start of the end of the world is not going to happen on July 27th, and we're not in already the start of the end of the world. Whenever someone brings this up, you just got to be like, man, like you got to call them out like you would call out a flat earther and just ask them to back it up. Well, my minister said, and to be fair, most ministers think this is nonsense. What I think is interesting was we had 2012, and that was a Mayan prophecy, and we have a lot of prophecies about christian the end of the world of the christians but there is a story i read a long time ago and i don't know how true it is but so there is the muslim version of that of the end of the world mythology story and when ahmadinejad president ahmadinejad of iran when he was first elected he went to a well and he wrote on a scroll, and him and the other people around, and he dropped the scroll down the well. And what apparently that ritual is, it's, it's to summon their version of, like, the, the, the purging force of the planet. It was basically summoning up some sort of mystical force to help Iran purge the world of the non-believers and to accelerate the end of the world. Uh, Christians do it too. They're always trying to build the temple because the, Jesus can't return until the third temple's built. So there's always constantly uh, right-wing Christians trying to raise money to rebuild the temple. It's, it's odd that these people want to accelerate the end of the world. And ISIS is the same way. The ISIS ideology is to get the Western nations into Iraq. That didn't really work out for them. To have the Western nations move into Iraq and just get annihilated by them. And through all that bloodshed, they would... There, it was a religious cult that had state power. That was the odd thing about ISIS. And I'm talking about them in the past tense because they are pretty much past tense at this time. They would be the equivalent of Westboro Baptist Church took over 
one third of a country. That was what ISIS was. We'd always think of them as this terrorist force, but they were a terrorist force with a end of the world doomsday cult. It was basically Waco meets the Westboro Baptist Church meets Al Qaeda. And that's what made them dangerous, but they've been annihilated for now. They'll, they may pop up with another name or something like that, but they, I mean, they're just getting destroyed, which is good. Which is good. And we didn't have to send in tons of troops. We have things called airplanes, which they pretty much lack. So don't worry about the blood moon. And I don't really think any of you were. I just had to vent about that because that really makes me mad. Another story that makes me mad. And I guess it really shouldn't make me mad. But this is, again, this is one of the requests I've been getting. What are Jewish swim lessons? What are Jewish swim lessons? It took me a while to find it. And after my success of finding about... Eightless Travel and the Bell Ray Surge and the Despair Code, I'd been pretty much batting a thousand up until this. And I did find it, so I mean, I guess that's okay, but it was okay. So it, it the Jewish Swim Lessons is three little words. It's on the conspiracy chart. It can be traced back to a poll thread on 4chan. So that's the politically incorrect board. So you can kind of see where this is going. It should be kind of implied with the Jewish Swim Lessons, but I'm going to go ahead and read this to you. While, because I can't even, I couldn't say anything this stupid myself. While in the Poconos, I noticed camp after camp were Jewish. Over 70% by my sincere estimation in Northeast Pennsylvania are Jewish. I started pondering what the reason was, because Jews do not seem to be very interested in normal outdoor sports. Nor do they seem to spend their resources very often on amusement parks and things along those lines. Okay, disclaimer, I don't believe... That Jews have a Jews have a problem with outdoor sports. That's a weird stereotype. I think that's someone who's never met Jewish person. Don't they? They have Olympic teams. Actually, I know they have Olympic teams because one of them got shot up in Munich. But anyway, so so according to him, not me. According to him, Jewish people do not like sports, even though they play every single sport available. So he goes on, and so he he comes to that conclusion. First off, he's like, all these camps are Jewish. Like 70% of the kids in these camps are Jewish. And why? Jewish kids don't like sports. What's going on? Okay. Okay, so I get it. It's a stereotype, whatever. Now he, 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 he has that conclusion. Now we're going to go into the next step. <sighs> I was then telepathically connected to a Hasidic Jew. That is one sentence I thought I would never read. Okay, he continues. I started asking questions. I suppose you are programming the children there. He mentally nodded. Yes. How somebody mentally nods. Okay, okay. Okay, so back to the letter, back to the letter. I continued. I suppose at some point that you sacrifice a child there program them, and then lock it in with sexual abuses thereafter by the staff. He stated something along the lines of, Bingo! I asked how could I catch them in this. The response was that the ritual sacrifice must be real or may be operating in a virtualized state, yet the sexual abuse is often real. I suppose that they refer to these camps cryptically when they talk about camps and people presume they are referring to the hoax. So I guess now he's... Okay... So now he's saying that whenever they talk about, <laughs> oh, I guess now he's saying that whenever they talk about Nazi death camps, they're actually referring to camps in Northeast Pennsylvania. 
apparently. Holohoax, if you don't know, is a term, derogatory term for the Holocaust because these people claim that the Holocaust never happened. And then he goes on to say, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, the solution may be to camp out on these camps from the beginning to the end with cameras in the trees that can monitor the camps for any group programming sessions. So what we have here, I'm assuming this is a man. I think people generally assume that when people are online are their same sex that they are. But I'm going to assume this is a guy. So what this guy is saying is that he someone he realized that 70% of the people who go to the camps in his area are Jewish. Then he is hanging out at his house or walking down the street or doing whatever. And he hears a Hasidic Jew. <laughs> he hears a Hasidic Jew in his head saying... Well, actually, no. He starts asking questions. So imagine that you're hanging out, and then all of a sudden you hear a voice in your head, and somehow you're able to determine its ethnicity and religion. The first thing you do is start asking questions about, hey, what are you doing with kids in those camps? And then it mentally nods yes to your questions, and then you ask, and it's like, well, we kill them, but we don't really kill them, but the sexual abuse is real. And, and this guy's having this whole conversation in his head. And then he decides the next step is to go to these camps and install cameras all around the camp to record young boys and girls in the woods. That's Jewish swim lessons. Because they're at the camp, and they're engaging in swimming, and, I don't know, lacrosse, and making bracelets to send back home. This is where Googling those three words led me to the rantings of an obviously mentally ill and racist man. These swim lessons are used to program children. Here's my question, actually. Why would they do it to, if the Jewish people, in his mind, not in mine, I have to keep distancing myself from that. If Jewish people in his mind are torturing kids, why would they do it to other Jewish kids? That doesn't makes sense. Why wouldn't you do it to people that you felt were unworthy? I mean, I guess like Catholic priests molest Catholic boys, but they're not trying to program them or necessarily torture them. They're just trying to get their rocks off. This is supposedly some ritual thing. And I'm going to say right now, this isn't true. None of this is true. I hope that goes without saying. But it's like, what... What's the point? And this question gets asked all the time. I've seen it online. People have asked me about the show. Hey, do Jewish swim lessons. Do Jewish swim lessons. I found it. It's ridiculous. It's made up. It's very racist. And this guy is out there putting cameras up in trees. And he actually gives you links to find Jewish camps in Pennsylvania. So you can be part of his underground resistance against the quote-unquote swim lessons that are really used to program these kids. So out of this guy's post, it's posted January of 2017, so over a year ago. Out of this post came Jewish swim lessons on the conspiracy board. Out of this guy's rantings, it's now been solidified as a legitimate conspiracy theory. So, but I hope I was able to shed a little bit of light on it for you. Because you'll see people go, hey, what's Jewish swim lessons? And now, what do you do? You can share my link.
and say, this is what it is. It's the rantings of an idiot, not the podcast host. Well, he's he's kind of out of it, too, but it's the rantings of this idiot on this board and so on and so forth. You know, I always like to say this. I thank you so much for listening to the show. You can always hit me up at deadrabbitradio at gmail.com. We're at Twitter at Jason O. Carpenter. Facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio is there for you to follow us on that as well. I didn't mention it last time, but again, I want to thank you, Ash Black, for doing our logo art. It looks amazing. Like I said, it's on my phone. It's on my wallpaper. You know, I'm trying to spread that. We're going to be putting it on flyers soon and everything like that. If you like the show, subscribe it and share it. Share the show. I've actually seen some people already do that online. People asked, what's Michigan Blue Hell? And somebody posted one of my YouTube videos about that. So thank you. Thank you for that. That's how the show grows. That's how we keep the momentum going. This is the Daily Paranormal Conspiracy and True Crime Podcast. Thanks for listening today. You don't have to listen to every episode. But thank you for listening to today's episode. Tomorrow we are going to be back with another ridiculous conspiracy theory. Tomorrow we're going to come back with another ridiculous conspiracy theory. All this week I really like the stories we have. I really like the stories we have. The Blood Moon one is just kind of fell in my lap because it's in the news right now. But you see people talking about it, just say, hey, how many end of the worlds have we lived through? We're still here. We're going to be here on the 28th. We're going to be here on 2025. Jan, you know, July 28th. We're going to be here in 3000, July 28th. The world is not going to end because there's a lunar eclipse. We're not cavemen. Just remind them of that. I will see you back tomorrow night. I have a great night. And thanks for hopping in. Is that a good outro? I don't know. I might keep that. <laughs>